Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people. And welcome to the 2019 really fucking good television awards for nice people only. You you know, I heard another podcaster talking about their, like, year in review show, and yeah. they referred to it as the 2019-2020, like, you know, it was like a dash, and I was like, yeah. you know, that's, that's the naming convention that would solve all of our problems here. Would it? Well, yeah, because it's like, we're, in, we're always in the future year when we record the past year's award show. You know, it's, yeah, it's like but it's only models, talking about one year and not two years. Well, no, but it it begins and ends with those two years. This is, this is getting complicated. <laughs> yeah, it, it, time is very complicated, as is the television landscape, which is why we are here to talk to you today about Oof. our favorite shows of 2019 in an award show format. <laughs> You know, Kirsty, I appreciate your desire to do things differently, but these are complex issues. (laughs) (laughs) And we will take some time to to work work through. through. (laughs) To work through. (laughs) This is not our Megxit episode, but let's preface... That we are going to bring you a Megxit episode because we are obsessed. Yeah. Megxit is literally the thing that got me through my week. <laughs> Megxit is the best thing to happen to us in 2020, but the bar is low. <laughs> as as Nicole Cliff so reasonably said on Twitter, this is our moon landing. It's our moon landing, guys. Yeah. Yeah. We And we will bring you Megxit content. Yeah. But yeah. at the at the off onset onset off I don't know here at the beginning let us also say <laughs> that you out there and us in here should be the Meghan Markle <laughs> we want to see in the world yes please <laughs> and it is in that spirit that we bring you the really fucking good television award show for nice people only because Meghan Markle is a nice person you're right. And she would only want television for nice people to be recognized. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> this all started because one of those, like, actual award shows, like, kept snubbing nice TV shows for TV shows that sucked. And we were like, hey, nice yeah. TV matters, too. Nice TV matters. Yeah. So, as a reminder, because that is a good thing to point out. Not only are we talking about exclusively nice TV in whatever way we feel like we want to frame that, we're also talking about TV that aired in the year of our Lord, 2019. Yes. So we can't talk about, like, something that we watched this year that came out four years ago. It's always the technicality that we have to debate, but I always win. (laughs) Yeah, I think every year I manage to sneak in something that's, like, right on the fucking line. Oh, yeah. Per usual. (laughs) <laughs> I'm a loose cannon. 
Um, that's all right. That's all right. You know, you're bringing the spirit of Megxit to this podcast. <laughs> I'm being the Meghan Markle I want to see in the world, which is exactly. sad. <laughs> that these uh, are complicated matters. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Kelsey, why don't you start us off with our first category? All right, I'm going to start us off. Our first category is Wildest Ride. Um, do I say mine first or do you say yours first if I, we um, need to figure out our you, system? Uh, <laughs> we planned. You, why don't you just say yours first because you're, you're doing the segment here. Okay, 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 okay. Wildest Ride. My nomination for Wildest Ride is A Little Bit Alexis. <laughs> from Schitt's Creek. I love it. It was a journey. It was just a really great time on Twitter when this happened. And it, I feel like it just took Alexis to a new level. And it was, um, well, I guess this season was about her becoming a nicer person. So I'm going to caveat that. Um, but it was, it, yeah. It really added some depth and was truly alarming. <laughs> I think what's wonderful about that is that it it roots both the show and Alexis to this, like, very, very mm-hmm. specific mm-hmm. span of, like, two to three years in the early aughts where, like... Yeah, she's really like hearkening her... back to, like, Ashley Simpson. Yes, exactly. Like, someone like her genuinely could have gotten a reality TV show and like uh, the beginnings of a music career. Yeah. And I yeah. think part of the wildest ride around it was not just the song itself, but the like lengths that Moira Rose went to not have her perform it <laughs> and not audition. There is part of me, like, I think it's one of those jokes that's beautiful because it's not overdone, but there is part of me that could also go for, like, four more verses of that song. Oh, yeah. I want to know where we were headed with that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is your wildest ride? Well, my wildest ride has um, some thematic qualities (laughs) with yours. Okay. Has some things in common. And uh, I'm coming in hot with Score, a hockey musical. <laughs> this was not created in 2019. I know, but I'm allowing it because of the spirit of Noah Reed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disqualifying it. No, I honestly believe that we brought it to the forefront of all of culture and therefore we birthed it. In the year of our Lord, I would prefer never to think of ourselves mutually rebirthing anything. Thank you. <laughs> Score Hockey Musical would not be what it is today without the last several months of us talking about it on Twitter. And wow. I don't care what else actually aired in 2019 because nothing has been wilder than what happened to me when I watched Score <laughs> Hockey Musical. Yeah, I will nominate your whole experience watching it as the wild ride 
<laughs> that see that did air in 2019. Correct in my living room. The performance <laughs> of the first time watching score a hockey musical. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Did air in this year. I know it, it doesn't count. But I like I spent a long time thinking about this and genuinely nothing rocked my world. No, that's that's way accurate. Did. It is accurate. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit of Lexus can win. I just had to talk about score a hockey musical. No, I think that's fair. Yeah. And I'm glad you did. Yeah. All right. All right. Our next Your turn. category. Yeah. Is favorite Canadian. Um, and I I really struggled with this category. You um, did? I did. Well, because at first I was like, there weren't that many Canadians on my television this year. And then mm-hmm. I was like, well, there were quite a few Canadians on my television. There were a this lot year. of Canadians, yeah. Um and so and and like a lot of them holds equal space in my heart and in my life, Noah Reed among them. Mm-hmm. But, and he's my honorable mention for what it's worth. Um, <laughs> I, I chose though to take this time to recognize Annie Murphy. Wow, what a theme! Yes, very thematic. I like. I really went back and forth between um, Dan Levy and Eugene Levy. Mm-hmm. But I just think that Annie Murphy is really doing some things with Alexis that are, like, so organic and so underplayed and so thoughtful and so fucking funny that it's Mm -hmm. actually, like, being a little overshadowed right now. I think that's valid, and I appreciate you giving her this platform to shine. I also think, like, Alexis in general is more responsible for all of the characters' growth than... Mm -hmm. It is generally recognized in conversations about the show. I agree with that. So, Annie Murphy is my favorite Canadian this year. Good for Annie Murphy. I think her physical comedy on that show is, like, barred on the best physical comedy on that show. Oh, it's fucking incredible. It's so good. Every time she does, like, one of those little, like, head bobbles, it just fucking hits me where I live. Uh Uh-huh. It's incredible. Who's your favorite I lo- Canadian? I love that nomination. Well, we're really taking a single track here. Um, my favorite Canadian is Noah Reed because of the <laughs> score of hockey musical factor. <laughs> you tried to come at me. He was also on content that aired in 2019. Okay, it works both ways. No. You were just more subtle about how you got it in there. Yes, I was. But, <laughs> I mean, besides Score a Hockey Musical, yes, I've enjoyed him on Schitt's Creek. I thought, in particular, he's, he's also someone who's, like, funnier than he gets credit for, I think, sometimes. Yes. And, in particular, the episode this year where he made David play baseball was (laughs) (laughs) truly a delight from a reactionary standpoint because he was just like so 
bemused by the entire thing. And, um, I mean, it's, it's score a hockey musical. <laughs> <laughs> and also, he was once in an indie film. <laughs> that aired the first night at the Toronto Film Festival. <laughs> and that film was called Score, a Hockey Musical. <laughs> Oh, so who wins this one? Like all of Shit's Creek? It just yeah, Shit's Creek won. Shit's Creek, this one, yeah. So um, this was my issue. Oh, I just hit my mic. Um, that was my issue this year. Is like all of my favorite Canadians were from Shit's Creek, and so right. I it was like it. It feels unfair because part of what makes Shit's Creek work is how balanced everybody is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like, they're all great. They are all great. I had a moment where I was like, was there a single Canadian on Below Deck just because that feels like a tiebreaker? <laughs> but there was not. So <laughs> good to know. Not even because I cared that much in that particular instance about it. I was just like, you know, mm-hmm. what's very different than Schitt's Creek? <laughs> Is it that different at the end of the day? Well, you know. <laughs> okay, your turn. Okay. Okay, the next award is the Will Higgies Knitting Corner Award, which we award to the show that was the best knitting TV that we watched this year. And I'm really torn, actually. I don't feel super strongly about either of my options, but I have two. <laughs> That's good so, to know. Before we started and I was like, oh, I feel non-committal. It was for this category as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think... I think I'm gonna, yeah. I think I'm gonna go with a show that I may have awarded last year in some in this category, but I don't recall. I'm gonna go with Making It, which is not what I would originally have decided. But um, Making It is a reality show with Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman about crafting. It isn't perfect, but I feel like the season got a lot better in some ways that I can't fully explain and some ways that I can. But in general, this was probably the show that I was the most productive watching. And it was also, like, motivational because everyone else was out there making their crafts, too. Aw. Get y'all crafting together. So crafty. <coughs> What's your pick? I also, I also felt noncommittal about it. Um, I actually did get a decent amount of knitting done this year, um, but I, it didn't feel like it was any one particular show that, like, really got me there. Mm. And I feel like TV this year, in general, was not very Lil Higgy. Mm. Um, so, so, what I ended up picking was this 
year's season of Outlander. Interesting choice. And I chose it because I did some knitting during mm-hmm. the season of Outlander. <laughs> and it was fairly productive. Yeah. It was like, this season was a tough season for Outlander. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not going to say a bad season because I my relationship with Outlander is a complicated matter that will take some time to work through. <laughs> and... So I can't say outright that it's bad. (laughs) Sure. But it was a slow season. It was a homesteading season. The Knits have returned. Yeah. To the time-space continuum. Yeah. The the Pottery Barn cabin has lots of wool. Yeah. And that felt great. And and there's definitely something very, very Lil Higgy. About the idea of Jamie Fraser just building a house. I think that's You know, fair. as we discussed, like, the Yule log that I need in my life yeah. is just Jamie Fraser chopping wood, building yeah. a house. Yep. In a kilt. Yep. But would you be able to knit because you'd just be glued to the TV watching it? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I mean, it would depend on the pattern. I wouldn't want to do anything with a chart. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. You know, if it's something without a ton of counting, you know, if we're just doing like a, a moss stitch. Yeah. Or a stockingette. Yeah. Which is not yeah. a stitch whose name I can ever say. But anyway, if I can look at the screen. Yeah. And just be that's... looking at a nice colonially dressed man chopping <laughs> some wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Higgy to me. Is season four of Outlander for nice people only? Yes. Yes? Because, well, yes. I feel like it's a little problematic. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. But note that the things that I identified as as being in the spirit of Lil Higgy. Sure. Was like five minutes of the season. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was more than that. But it did not involve Brianna and Roger, which is really <laughs> all I care about. <laughs> I just don't know. I mean, we can give it to making it since it's like a craft. <laughs> I just think it's more for nice people than Outlander season four, which makes me infuriated every time I watch it. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know that I have the same like rage relationship with season four of Outlander that you do. Because I think I, I got so what much. I needed out of it. <laughs> I did not. There was not enough Outlander kisses, as Frank calls it. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> See, I do think one thing one thing that has helped maybe put some rose-colored glasses on season four for me mm-hmm. is that number one, I haven't gotten to it in my rewatch yet. And number yeah. two, I have read all of the books now. Mm-hmm. And 
there is starting in book five onward. There's lots and lots and lots of Outlander kisses, if you will. <laughs> you didn't tell um, me that. So, I have definitely told you that like 900 times. Okay, you I haven't suggested sure... that there's a reason to get through the fourth book because no. Okay, I have for sure popped up in the Slack like any number of times in the last year and made a yeah. very, very, very large deal of how much sex there is. <laughs> <laughs> after book four but like an equally loud amount of complaints about the like meandering nature of the storytelling <laughs> and thousands of useless characters okay so we need to have another conversation about yeah. this because i do have thoughts <laughs> and this is not the time or the <laughs> it is a complicated matter is what oh, i'll say boy. <laughs> I understand your desire to take a different approach. (laughs) (laughs) It, like, like genuinely would take time (laughs) to work through it. Yeah. I had some, I had some revelations after the most recent round of Podlander drunk cast episodes. Anyway. Uh, Anyway. I think it's time for us to talk about the most cinematic visual in television in 2019. Sure. Yeah. Whose turn is it? It's your turn. Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) (laughs) mine feels like it might be recency bias, but it also came to me so fast. Okay. When I started thinking about this category. Um, It is Princess Margaret sitting poolside in Moustique covered in fur. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Hungover mm-hmm. in sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Like, that image is so layered, both literally and figuratively. <laughs> and is just lovely. It is lovely. Also, they ha- like, I know I, I also nominated Margaret last year mm-hmm. for most cinematic visual, but I just think, like, there is something the crown has been able to do with Margaret in terms of symbolism that mm-hmm. has just been like very quietly effective. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for it. I love that. Yeah. My nominee is also from the crown. So Ooh. good job, the crown. Good job, <laughs> the crown. Um, Mine is... From a, I think, back half of the season episode. And it's when Prince Charles is talking to, I think, Wallace Simpson, but don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, the whole family is gathered for a reason. And he says to her that my family has my best interests in mind. And she says, no, they don't. And then they, he turns around and they pan to his whole family standing there, kind of like looking at him and looking like, like showing their personas in like a single Mm -hmm. glance, whatever that may be. And I loved it for what it was, but also when I saw it, it immediately for some reason reminded me of the scene in Mad Men 
when they get the new office space. I think it's like the first new office space and everyone stands in a pane of the window. Mm-hmm. You remember that shot? I do. I love that shot. Mm-hmm. For some reason, like the way they were all placed kind of reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was perfect. Is this another one where we just have to nominate the whole fucking show? I think we nominate the crown. The I crown. even had a backup that was also the crown. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What was your backup? The final shot of the season, so spoilers, um, when Queen Elizabeth is going to her jubilee. Uh-huh. Right? And she gets in that carriage, and then she turns around, and through the window, Charles is, like, riding on a horse right behind her, and it was, like, a symbolic moment of succession. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. But, I mean, there's, like, seven more that we could pick, so. Good job, The Crown. (laughs) Good job. I, I mean, in fairness, I will say The Crown was, like, the most artful television I watched this year. Yeah, I would say that for me too, at least for like new TV that I watched this year. Yeah, I was like not watching much like really highbrow stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. No one said you had to. It's true. This is Mm -hmm. our podcast. It is. Okay. Ready? Yeah, buddy. Most romantical moment Oh, wait, this is yours. No, it's mine. Yeah, this is yours, girl. (laughs) I panicked about the order. Most romantical moment of TV. This is my favorite. Um, Yeah, this is Kelsey's category. I decided this winner a long time ago, and I'm going to call it the winner anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so strongly. Um, My nominee is the Below Deck rom-com we didn't know we needed, with Asia and Jack from the season of Below Deck. That was mine too! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> God, what a pure delight that was. Can I tell you what mine was specifically? Yes. Specifically, I identified the scene where. Is it Jack? Jake? Jack. Jack. Jack, um, like, proposes to her to be Mm -hmm. his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, they've been dating off and on all season, and then they, like, have to share a bunk because of stuff, and then he's like, I guess we already live together, so I'm gonna ask you to be my girlfriend. So he gets the whole crew to do this elaborate thing, and there's a sheet, and there's... (laughs) All crew, all crew. (laughs) And there's spray painting involved. And uh-huh. she's just so giddy. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think it's it's so glorious. And they are just so silly and so unpretentious about, like, dating on a boat. Mm-hmm. And it's so uncomplicated and pure. It's so pure. And, like, they're two of the most, like, vulgar people I've maybe ever seen on TV. Yes. And at the same time, like, the most pure, naive, innocent newborn babies. Yeah. Yeah. And they just love each other, and it's so cute. It's very sweet and unassuming, and, like, 
they're just having a little fling on a boat and they just are into each other and that's all it is and it's i just think it's lovely below deck didn't make it gross no they didn't didn't. seem to try to interfere yeah it was just it was great they were just having a fun summer together yeah and And i don't know if this go ahead I was going to say, I don't know if it's, like, a spoiler or what, but I've heard rumor that they're not still together. And honestly, I'm okay with it because I feel like they probably parted on good terms and it was just a fun summer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sweet. And I also loved how much Jack loved grand romantic gestures. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, like, so brand new to them. Oh my god, it was so cute. Like, every episode he would be, like, writing her a poem or, mm-hmm. like, planning this cute little date for the- Like, all this stuff that was, like, overboard. Um, he set up, like, these little towel animals with, like, a water mm-hmm. bottle and it was, like, smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were so cute. <laughs> I just thought it was lovely. It was. Because like, most of the romances on Below Deck are, like- you know, people being catty and manipulative and, like, yeah. sleeping with each other and there's love triangles and it's, like, it's all, like, weird because they're in tight quarters together. Yeah. You were about to say something. Oh, I was going to say pretty much the same thing that, like, it it wasn't typical of this type of a reality show and I think because it was the f- first season I watched of this show, like, in general, I think it was, like, it endeared me to the show in maybe a way that isn't even fair to it because the rest of it isn't like that, but it was so good. It was very sweet. It was. Good job. Yay. So they win. Yay. As That's they should. Oh, that oh. You know, of all the ones that I expected us to double up on, that's not quite the one I was expecting. <laughs> I kind of thought it might happen. I love it. I love it. Yes. Okay. Now All it's right. time for the most important part of every year's episode. <gasps> Our favorite award. The mm-hmm. Is He Hot or Is He Tall Award. Yes. <laughs> My pick this mm-hmm. year for this award is unconventional. Typically, okay. we have chosen to recognize men who are both hot and tall mm-hmm. who we are now personally attracted to yeah i.e the receiver of our lifetime achievement award in the <laughs> is he hot or is he tall category <laughs> sam yes. hewen yeah yeah so this is an entirely different i i'm going to take a different approach okay i would like to recognize a man who i think embodies the spirit of the game Hot or tall? <laughs> where I had I'm nervous. <laughs> I had time with this gentleman where I was like, is he hot? And then by by the time we ended our time together, I was like, no. And also he's not that tall. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, I know who you're gonna pick. <laughs> and I picked Joelle. <laughs> Below. Oh, that's not who I thought you were gonna pick. <laughs> I, was gonna pick. I thought you were gonna pick Justin Baldoni. <laughs> no, I picked him the first year. Oh yeah. Wow, he is 
I'm I'm alarmed. Wait, so you got I, this first hand not... information too. <laughs> Second hand, whatever. <laughs> I you know, I just there's so much about him that like really encompasses the spirit of why we enjoy playing is he hot or is he tall and why like mm-hmm. so many of my friends play is he hot or is he yeah. tall um where it's like something about him seems like it should be attractive like he's charismatic he has a cute face and so you're kind of drawn to him but something seems off all the time <laughs> and generally with men that's when you're like oh you're just tall you're not actually hot yeah but then also with joao it's like Oh, you are like, you, I don't know, you're like kind of weird. <laughs> like, he has an alcoholic <laughs> alter ego. <laughs> yeah. But he's also like, he does a lot of nice things. Like, especially in this season of Below Deck, he's mm-hmm. a much different person than he was in his first season of Below Deck. And he like comes a long way and has this really great story arc. But the whole time it's still just like, mmm, <laughs> something's not right here. <laughs> Something so, isn't right. That is why I nominated Joao. I think he he is a prime example of why the game Is He Hot or Is He Tall exists. And I was captivated <laughs> with him the entire season. See, I never once found him hot. I don't know. I think, like, maybe attractive would be, like, a better way of going than, like, hot. Okay. That's, that's You know fair. what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like I was I was intrigued for like a very long time and then I was like, mm, you've just got some like weird man energy. Mm. I've definitely had that experience with like other men on Below Deck. I think it's like yes. something about that show like makes you think incorrectly. It's like <laughs> it throws you off. It Maybe like- it's like the scale of the boat to the man. <laughs> <laughs> like the boat just makes the men see. <laughs> <laughs> more powerful <laughs> when they have to drive the tinder <laughs> yeah yeah wow yeah. i think that was all right pick. i mean i was going into this award season thinking that we were going to nominate sam forever so that was a little bit alarming but oh i thought we were nominating him forever but we still had to bring other people <laughs> See, I didn't know that. However, okay. I prepared a, like, last-minute candidate, and it's okay. also in the vein of, like, being a little problematic and alarming, mm-hmm. um, and that is someone whose name I don't know off the top of my head, <laughs> but the person who plays Prince Charles. <laughs> oh, no. I'm alarmed. <laughs> but I've had... A lot, I've spent a lot of time with him because he's on another show I've been watching that did, was not in 2019. Or did, His name but is Josh O'Connor. It. Yep, yep, that's the one. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I tend to think he's hot and not... I mean, wow. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> I tend to think he's tall and not hot, is what I was trying to say. But at the same time, I was watching... The crown, and I'm like, but is he almost hot? <laughs> anyway, it made me feel He's uncomfortable. Kind of got that, like <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch, is that uh-huh. his name? Yeah, you know that like 
sort of long, lanky British man face. Where yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't know what's happening, but I yeah. continue looking at you with interest. Yeah. So. Um, in an interview, he describes Prince Charles as a man waiting for his mother to die for his life to have meaning. I mean, isn't that like the baseline description of a person in the line of succession? <laughs> I just think that's like a pretty buck wild. <laughs> But yeah, also correct. He goes on to say, waiting for your parent to die is pretty messed up. That the one person who should be unconditional is the person that holds the power for you to have any meaning in your life. It's quite nice to play that. They're huge stakes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay, now that I have a name, let's see how tall he is. I couldn't find um, Joao's height. Wait, but didn't you get confirmation from someone at a convention of sorts? (laughs) Yes, someone I know went to a convention and said Joao is not that tall. Um, Josh O'Connor is 6'1", which explains a lot. Mm -hmm. I feel like six foot is like that line. That's the line. We talked about this on our holiday special. Where the balance of power really starts to happen. (laughs) Yeah. For what it's worth, Tobias Menzies is 6'1". He... Seems like a man who's like six seven though. See, I would not have ever pegged him as being tall. He's got tall man energy. Are you serious? <laughs> I always thought he was like five <laughs> eight. I don't know. I thought he was a very average height man, but now I'm into it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, tall when are, when are we not into? <laughs> I was in a room with someone, it might have been the the Thoughtful Audio Holiday special where we got to talking about Hot or Tall. In which you were in a room with no one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It was complete news to everybody that six foot is the line, but like, really, if you're over six feet, you're starting to be tall. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's just like every time I've looked up a man's height to see if he was actually hot or not, he's been six foot or above. And I've been like, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, what was like the hottest thing that you think Sam Hewen did this year? As a person? Yeah. Or a, I didn't, I didn't prepare for this category. <laughs> Neither did I. I was just thinking about like how we wanted to honor our true patron saint of hot or tall. No, that's fair. Um, I mean, I kind of want to say his, like, staged whiskey sipping photos. Mm, yeah, those do it for me every time. Sam Hewen is don't think he was an whiskey ar- brand. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we should honor him. It's a life choice that he's made. <laughs> yep. It involves three different Instagrams. That he manages personally himself. No, it's his weird manager friend. We've been I over this. Stand, I stand by my statement. No, it's not him, because sometimes it takes, like, a couple hours go by, and then they all re- regram them, and then it's like, he yeah, definitely like, texted you know he's him and told him, that like, guy. Oh, he totally you know is. he got, like, a friendship slack. Yes, I don't, yes. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yes, that's not incorrect. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Who wins? 
I don't know. All men with confusing energy? <laughs> we can't just let... No, all men cannot win any awards. <laughs> Hashtag not all men. Not all men. <laughs> um, we can give it to Joao for being, like, the spirit of hot or tall. I do think between the two of them, Joao is hotter. Okay. He definitely has more muscles. <laughs> he has more muscles. I, you know, I think, like, that's definitely at play with, like, why the men on Below Deck sometimes seem hotter. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're doing, like, strong man things. Yeah. Like, lifting, lifting chairs up, up mountains. Big ropes and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, at this juncture in the show, I think we should take a moment to remember the shows that have left us this season, this year. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because quite a few shows that are important to us, or me, because <laughs> I don't think you, <laughs> you finished, like, two of them. Um, I worked left really us hard this year. this year. You did. You did. You did. Um, so our in memoriam category for 2019... <laughs> Um, includes You're the Worst, Catastrophe, Jane the Virgin, Veep, and Game of Thrones. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, that is a lot of shows. They are all very important. The only show that I wrote down to recognize was, in fact, Jane the Virgin, because that is the most important show. <laughs> Not of, like, all time, but just, like, mm. of the year, I think. Most important show of the year or the most important in memoriam show of the year? In memoriam show, sorry. Oh, oh, oh. Just like a lot of qualifications. Mm. I was. I just still have a lot of feelings about the way they chose to end that show that I'm not happy with. And if I had to choose a most important on this list, I think I would choose Catastrophe. Yeah, see, I never finished it, so that's my bad. Mm. It was beautiful and delightful. I'll get there someday, I promise. <laughs> okay. I'm trying. <laughs> There's six episode seasons. I, yeah, but I tried real yeah, hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm joking, I understand. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> well... <laughs> tough out there guys mm-hmm. all right enough for putting you on blast yeah it's fine we I have understand. a whole category dedicated to that so yeah we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there all right all right your turn my turn the next award is for the most michael sherb moment of the year which just has to channel the spirit of michael sherb does not have to be a michael sherb production so my nominee is Dairy Girls. Oh. Specifically, if I had to choose a episode slash moment, it would be the last one in season two when um whatever his name is, James. Mm-hmm. J- James. Um mm-hmm. decides that he is also a dairy girl and decides to come back. And stay yes. in their friendship unit. And it's beautiful. 
That was lovely. But that whole show in general, I feel like, has a lot of Michael Schur friendship feelings um, and kind of can sit alongside the Michael Schur canon in that way. I completely agree with you. <laughs> what it's is yours? Just, it's beautiful friendship times. So. Oh, um, okay. It so is. mine, mm-hmm. um, mine is Patrick coming out to his parents. Oh yeah, in Shit's Creek, and I chose it because I think what's what's particularly like Shurian, if you will, Ooh. about it is that like. The whole episode is predicated on Patrick's neuroticism and not what exists in the real world. And what exists in the real world of Schitt's Creek is that, mm-hmm. like, everybody just loves each other. Yeah. Like, unconditionally and unquestionably. 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 <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Sometimes I think I can make up words on the fly and then it's more complicated than that. It sure is. Much like Megxit. Um, so then he like gets, gets himself all worked up. And then he actually comes out. And his parents are like, oh, yeah, no, that's not the problem. We're just more confused why, like, you didn't think you could tell us. Mm-hmm. Like, what did we do wrong that you, like, didn't trust us? And then it's just yeah. this, like, time when everybody gets to come together and love each other. And it's very sweet and wonderful. It is. It is very sweet. And it's, like, a way of touching on, like, life outside of the TV show without having to get too deep mm-hmm. into, like, life outside of the show. Yeah. Which I think Michael Schur is, like, very good at doing. Yeah, I agree. These are good candidates. I know. This is a tough category. I know. My instinct would be to give it to James the Dairy Girl. Yeah? I think so. For friendship reasons. Mm. I'm now thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's fair. I I was trying to think of if one show was n- four nice people more than the other show, and I think they're both pretty even on that. Yes, I split. <laughs> they are both nice people cloaked under a lot of not niceness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you have to really get to know them to understand where the niceness is. Mm-hmm. But it's for yeah. sure there. Yeah, 1,000%. Um, there's a lot of warm fuzzies to be had. You just have to, like... Yes. Get there. Yeah. All right, I'm going to take my win. I'm not going to push it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I also, All I, right. yeah, okay, go. What were you going to say? No. All right. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, a, it's complicated. It's complicated. It's a complicated <laughs> issue. <laughs> oh. What have we done? All right, that that press release was the best thing that's happened to me. Ever. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Calibri. <laughs> oh. Okay. Man. Yeah. Okay. Is it my turn? It's your turn. Oh, okay. All right. So this category 
is the time you got most got in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and mine... <laughs> mine was truly buck wild. I have 9,000 questions that I think are still unresolved. And every time I think about it, I get to ride that ride again. Oh, boy. And that was the moment when <laughs> Colin the deckhand attempted to sacrifice himself <laughs> to give June the third stew from getting fired. <laughs> Because there were too many people on the boat. <laughs> and then Captain Sandy was like, no. <laughs> Captain Sandy was like, she was so tactful about it. But you could tell in the back of her head, she was like, God, you're dumb. <laughs> oh, and he tried to veil it in this, like, romantic gesture, but it was like, you sure? You're really sure? And every, like people were like body blocking him to keep him from talking to Sandy <laughs> because they were like, no. June is the worst. We don't want her. She's also not that hot. That was no. like part of the thing. It's like Colin is smart and funny and June is like a dead inside robot who's not that hot. And it was like, Colin... She's not even into you, dude. No, and she couldn't even do her job. They did. It's not even like they kissed. They didn't even go on nope. a date. Nope. He just like fucking <laughs> shot his shot. <laughs> and everybody, including Captain Sandy, including June, everybody was just like, <laughs> no, no. First of all, I knew Below Deck was the show that you said was on here three times. Yep. (laughs) Second of all, you win. Um. (laughs) (laughs) The thing of it is, is like, they showed it in the preview the episode before, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then they started the episode, and I was still like, are you fucking kidding me, Colin? (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, it was a ride. I tell you what. It sure was. Wow. Holy shit. I had kind of forgotten that it happened until this very moment, and I'm really thankful that you had to bring it it up. I have never forgotten. I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. Yeah. Wow. It really caught me off guard. Mine yeah, is a totally different direction. and I appreciate your desire to take a different approach. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, mine is um, tidying up with Marie Kondo. And no. specifically from that, how I got the most got, is that I watched that in January 2019. And in January 2020, I am still folding many items of clothing in the way that she instructed me to. And (laughs) I did not see that coming (laughs) when I started watching this show. (laughs) That is the most 30-year-old thing I've heard you say. (laughs) 
hashtag old crone. I'm an old crone. I love it. But yeah, it like revolutioned, revolutionized my laundry in ways I could never imagine. So yeah. she done got me. She got you. She got you so good. She did. But you win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I almost nominated oh. Tidying Up with Marie Kondo for uh, Lil Hagee. Mm. Um, and there are definitely still things from the show that I'm using. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. That was awesome. It was a good one. I wish they'd do more, but I also kind of don't want to because it seems like her brand has taken a turn. <laughs> and, you know, that was, like, my biggest criticism when the show came out is there were all these think pieces about how great it was and how, like, heartwarming it was and how genuinely Marie Kondo just wants to help people. And I was like, nah, friends, like, she's about to sell a lifestyle brand. Mm-hmm. And sure enough. Sure enough. I was like, before you know it, she's going to have a line of little boxes and you're going to be paying, like, 20 bucks at Home Goods for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway. Oh, buddy. Okay. I feel like Let's... I got got just by retelling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's time to talk about the most important TV that you missed in 2019. Yes. I this love like this my, category. My personal favorite category. <laughs> I love this category so much. Yes. Um. So I am going to nominate Succession as the most important TV that you missed this year. That's what Main... I nominated as well. Oh, good. So you have yes. a, a roadmap for 2020. <laughs> yes. So talk to me about the fact that I have missed the show. Mainly, I'm just feeling a little upset because there's so many things on Twitter that I want to send you that I can't send you because you won't get. And we need to resolve that. Um, I think that your corner of Twitter is close enough to mine that you're also getting a lot of succession jokes in your feed. And I just want you to appreciate all that it has to offer the internet. Mainly commentary about, like... Yeah, but it's... It's better if you see it. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me. Um, it has a lot of things that we enjoy, including yachts and Scotland and... Um, some really doofy men. (laughs) (laughs) And I think you'll appreciate it. I'm, like, still a little torn on whether you'll buy in enough to watch enough to fully come around on it, because I feel like it does take some time to... uh, for it to find its own footing in a way. Mm-hmm. And to, like, for you to adjust to, not you personally, but everyone, <laughs> yeah. to adjust to, like, their, like, extremely dark humor um, and, like, tone. Uh-huh. Because the first few episodes I was like, is this, is this just prestige TV? And then I, and then I got it. <laughs> yeah, that's but, fair. I think it's worthwhile just for the Twitter jokes alone. Okay. 
Yeah, I was going to say succession because it feels like it feels like it means something in this particular moment in time mm. and culture. And yeah. also, I know just enough about it to know the jokes on Twitter have been lit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, They've I get the gist good. of all of them. Yeah. But you, I feel like Twitter's missing some of the color. <laughs> yes, that's very true. Yeah. yeah. So, can't wait for you to watch Succession. And it's also, like, two seasons. You can do two seasons of short Oh, no one told me that. I thought it was, like, four seasons. No, it's two. Oh. Yeah. Well, that automatically makes it a lot less of a barrier to access. Yeah. 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 Um, good job, Succession, I guess. Good job, Succession. Good job, us. (laughs) Good job, us. Also, good job, me, because I watched enough content this year that it was a fairly simple answer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Very true. Okay, our next category is best friendship moment. Mm-hmm. I took some artistic liberties in this category. Did, did you take a different approach? I I definitely took a different approach. <laughs> um. However, I don't think it's a complicated matter. Okay. Um, and I think if you will allow some loose parameters, you will appreciate how I got there. Okay. I'm willing to be open, unlike Queen Liz. So the friendship <laughs> moment that I chose mm-hmm. was Ted Danson and Jane Fonda getting arrested together for climate change. Oh, bless you. now this isn't a television moment in the way that we often talk about it the loopholes that i used to nominate them was the fact that ted danson and jane fonda have been on tv and that it would have aired on cable news Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but like i like i really racked my brain and from like traditional television shows the way we talk about them on hate watch i couldn't think of anything that like felt like friendship in a meaningful way not Mm -hmm. that there wasn't good friendship on television but it just like nothing like really hit me in this Mm -hmm. category Mm -hmm. but i did almost instantly picture ted danson and jane fonda getting arrested together and the look of pure delight on ted uh danson's face Uh uh-huh that's a great nomination and i will allow it in this circumstance. <laughs> and they're like friends. And also, really, guys, what's more pure than climate change? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. What well, mine is less. It's, it's less politically charged. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but mine is from the most recent season of Bake Off. And it is when one contestant who always wore a tie got voted off. And then the next week, all of the remaining contestants came in with ties. Aw. And it was beautiful because he was, like, such a beautiful, innocent cinnamon roll. And I was feeling a little emotional. (laughs) (laughs) But, like... 
Bake Off in general is always about the spirit of friendship. It's and true. that was just a really a really nice moment and a deserving one and I think it like spoke to the pure nature of Bake Off and I know like a lot of other shows have been trying to replicate it and they just can't and it's because it's you can't <laughs> it just like comes organically to Bake Off yeah. like it's just like what they do yeah like no one told I mean I don't know in my mind no one told them to all go out and get bow ties and wear them, but it was so cute. Can I ask why they chose to do it for that one particular contestant? Because, like, everyone, like, someone gets voted off every week. I think it's because it was, I want to say there were, like, five people left at the time. And he was just, like, a favorite among the group, and they didn't necessarily feel like he deserved to be voted off in that week. And... He's also, like, a younger contestant, and I feel like sometimes either the really young or the really old ones get a lot of extra emotion attached to them. That's definitely true. People, like, root for them. Yeah. Aw. But it was so cute. I also wanted to nominate Dairy Girls, like, a lot, but I decided to put them in another category. I wanted to nominate um, the scene in the Chippy, but it didn't air in 2019. Mm-hmm. And I thought there, there's only so many things I wanted to make exceptions for. Yeah. I thought that the scene in Dairy Girls, the other one I was going to throw in was the one where they have the school dance and she mm. gets stood up and then James comes and takes her to the dance and she like doesn't wear her fancy dress and she wears like a normal dress and it's like herself and it's so cute. I also wanted to nominate the moment on the bus with like the bomb scare, like that whole mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of good Dairy Girl action. Yeah, <laughs> we're inadvertently awarding a show neither of us nominated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that like the shadow winner? <laughs> <laughs> that may be a way to decide it. <laughs> like, which show did we spend the most time talking about in this category? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh. I mean, I think okay. as we do every year, as is tradition, all friendship wins. All all a friendship wins because there's just some good, good friendship energy out there if you look for it. Yeah. <sighs> all right. All right. Your turn. You're up. I think. It's my turn? <coughs> it's your turn. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Okay, this is our second to last award. We just got here so quickly. Um, <laughs> this is the best use of high end finishes award, and I feel really good about my nomination. <laughs> oh, buddy, because I feel pretty good about mine too. Oh boy. Okay. Oh boy. Mine is the season finale of last week tonight's song. Eat shit, Bob Murray. Ooh, I haven't seen this yet. You haven't seen this yet? What are you doing? I'm like two months behind on last week tonight. Oh my god, I told you to watch it that night. I know, and everything's hard. Anyway. (laughs) This makes my case harder to make. However, basically... (laughs) It's... 
Last Week Tonight did a whole episode about slap lawsuits based on a lawsuit that they were in with Bob Murray, who sucks. And they tend to put all of their budget or a significant portion of it. Oh, it wasn't the season finale. It was second to last. Sorry there. Um, They put a lot of their money towards some, like, big, goofy spectacle every year. And this year, (laughs) they took a lot of resources to create the high-end finish of this musical number. And it was all about how much they hate him. And it was all this stuff about... They basically... You could get around the law... Or not get around it, but, like, not get sued because of what they were saying was so unbelievable it couldn't be true. So it's about all these things that he supposedly did that he hasn't done, and they can't get sued for it because of um, the language that they used. And so it's all about basically telling him to eat shit because he's terrible. And it's so good. And I love big petty energy, as we know, and this was the pettiest thing I've ever seen, and it made me so happy. And I love that they just took a fuck ton of money and just was like this this is what we will do (laughs) this is the hill i will die on oh it's so good it made me so happy i love that you need to watch it when we're done i do i really do you can just watch the song you don't even have to watch the episode no I, i need to watch the episode the um the last episode of last week tonight i watched was the one about the census and it was a good episode Mm. is all I'm saying. This was like the next one after that. Oh, I know. Well, but I wasn't even caught up when I watched the census one. You don't have to watch them in order. Well, I know. That's why oh. I watched the census one, even though I was behind okay. on the rest all of right. them. All right. All right. I just feel very strongly about civic duties. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what is your high-end finish? My best use of high-end finish is specifically for you. Mm. And it is the Dairy Girls Great British Break Off crossover episode. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Because it was like two very good things Mm -hmm. that British television has going for it right now. Mm -hmm. And they were like, let's take all of this friendship and all of this positive energy and put it in one tent. And it was so good. It was, like, a very, very excellent allocation of resources. I agree. And I would like to thank our listener who sent us a link to said episode. Yes, I think it was Rachel. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Rachel. It was so good. I think we forgot to reply to the email. We will. We'll send a reply. Yeah. It was making a lot of promises. (laughs) Just constantly. Um, But that, it, thank you for all that you do. Yes, that is service journalism. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was a good high end finish. Yes. It was so fun. Who wins? Who wins? (laughs) I really think last week tonight needs to win, personally. Okay. And Dairy Girls has already won. Many times. I'm okay with that. You'll need to watch it to confirm, but... 
It's fine. Ten- John Oliver tentatively. is a nice person. He is a nice person. It was not, I guess it wasn't nice, but it was, that's fine. No, it, so, fine. okay, here's the thing about the really fucking good television award show for nice people only. The yeah. qualifiers are really fucking good television and yeah. nice people. Yeah. Nowhere in there did we say that the content being nominated itself had to be You're nice. Right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it just had to be good. It had to be good. And nice people had to be involved. You're right. I love that. Yeah. What a good loophole we can use whenever we want. <laughs> <laughs> like, has, does that explain to you any of the thinking I've done over the last few years? Because I know I've nominated some people who we haven't been sure about. I don't recall. <laughs> I. It's fine. All right. I understand your desire to take a different approach, Kirstie. <laughs> oh, lordy. <laughs> it's your turn. You get to do the honors. Oh, is this me? Yeah. Oh, no. I thought this was you. Okay. Um. Well, guys, you've made it to the end. Of the really fucking good television award show for Nice People Only 2019, we are presenting to you our final category, and that is the best hate watch of 2019. Mm -hmm. Now, my nomination is complicated. As they always are. (laughs) As they always are, because I refuse to follow the rules. Yeah. Um... I also have two. (laughs) Okay. You get to say one, and then I'll go, and then you can go. Okay. That's fine. (laughs) I can live with that. Because I really like the punch that my second one's going to have. Is that going to ruin your cadence, or are you good with that? No, 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 no. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. My first one is controversial, and as we just discussed, it bumps up against that nice people only qualifier a little Mm bit. Mm Mm-hmm. However, I think the value that we have drawn from it mm-hmm. is worth weighing in the equation. And that television show is Game of Thrones. Now stay with me for a second here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the people behind Game of Thrones vary in their niceness. Yeah. There are some actors in particular, who in the last season, after the last season aired and the internet had reactions, I think revealed themselves as much as their NDAs would allow them to Mm -hmm. in ways that I valued. Yeah. I think what was beautiful about the last season of Game of Thrones was that we had a lot of fucking fun watching it as much Mm -hmm. as it fucking sucked. Mm Mm-hmm. But I have rarely seen my faves on Twitter come out in droves the way that they did every mm-hmm. single week for Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. It, like, mm-hmm. watching the last season of Game of Thrones was so much fun on Twitter. It was almost as fun as Megxit. <laughs> so I'd like to double down. On this nomination, because my nomination is Game of Thrones, the dark episode. Oh my god! Because we are so spiritually aligned this year. I (laughs) know! 
It's so beautiful. <laughs> so for all the reasons that you described, it was so fun to hate watch Game of Thrones this year. It was a very pure hate watch. Specifically, though, this dark episode just, like, dug itself into a fucking hole and kept on digging, and I was so happy. And I felt yep. like it really... It showed a lot of the things that we had been saying for a long time about what was bad about Game of Thrones. And it also... I, th I think it helped to, like, validate this opinion. And um, it seemed like the rest of the Twitter universe started to come around and, like, be more vocal about it as well. And, like, yeah. it was just so goofy in, like, the couple days after that with people, like, sharing their screenshots and talking about, like, the the whole conversation about, like, well, it was made to be viewed on this, like, um, like movie theater setting and then everyone talking about how, like, their living rooms aren't calibrated for, for this episode. <laughs> it was just, like, so dumb and I felt so validated. <laughs> well, and the, the two seasons prior to this season felt like there was always this tension of like people who felt like there were problems with the show and people who felt like the show still deserved to be taken seriously because of everything it's done for fantasy mm -hmm. and like a lot of the same tension that exists in some of the star wars conversations where it's like if you yeah. actually like take a step back this the text itself is goofy as fuck but mm -hmm. because culture has happened it has to be considered as this like serious thing Mm -hmm. And then this season, it just felt like a switch flipped and everybody lost their goddamn minds and was like, this is wild. Yeah, this was the year that everyone was like, this isn't prestige anymore. We're all just going to be fun. We all just get that. to have fun. Yeah. And like the Daves didn't give a shit when they produced it. No, the Daves came out in droves to be like, we didn't know what we were doing. And yeah. <laughs> We just threw some <laughs> like spaghetti the, at the wall. Like, the Daves are not nice people, but the the press tour that they did in the wake of the season, <laughs> I think, was, like, a really nice payoff to all the nice people who have been watching the show for years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think we got a lot of mileage out of Game of Thrones, and as much as I suffered for watching it, I appreciate yeah. it. It was a very true spirit of hate watch um my actual pick not okay. my actual pick because it's it's not allowed but my pick for best hate watch of 2019 oh, is score boy. a hockey musical here we go <laughs> <laughs> oh boy honestly if you still have made it this far to our podcast and have not watched Score a Hockey Musical, I don't even know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. 10 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> Please go watch Score a Hockey Musical. It's on YouTube. It's free. You have no excuses. It's free. It's just, like, it's ad-free. Like, it's just a link on YouTube and you can watch the whole damn movie. And what a fucking delight. It is a delight. I think I've watched it in full three times now. Three? Three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
And I mean, you know it what, sticks guys? with you. Like, some days you just wake up in the morning and you're like, hockey, hockey, greatest game in the land. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? No. I like, like, things come to me all the time. Like, the other day, I can't remember where I was, but I was at work, and I just suddenly started picturing his bedazzled ice skates <laughs> in the song about his hazing. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes I think about him on the bus with the team singing about how his dream car would be something environmentally friendly. <laughs> Oh, it, yeah, it's very good. Yeah. But all in all, 2019 yeah. was a good year for television. Kirstie, I have a a bonus feature. Ooh. How many new episodes of television do you think I watched in 2019? Because <laughs> I found out. Of new television? Yeah. No, of all television. Like, Sorry, not new. All uh, television. Uh, uh, uh. How many episodes <sighs> of television did I watch? Sorry. How many episodes of television did you watch? 167. No. 621. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> no wonder you're so starved for content all the time. <laughs> Oh my god. That's a lot of yep. TV. It's a lot of TV. Kelsey, when do you have the time? I know what your work schedule is like. <laughs> it's all about priorities and not having children. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Really, really frees up your schedule. Yeah. <laughs> By the time yeah. you have kids, the time differential in my household will have shifted. And I so know. we'll just always be on opposite schedules. Yeah. You'll be awarding me what I missed in 2019 or yeah, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Yeah. So here here's wow. hoping 2020 I can get to 650. <laughs> 650 bitches. That's my goal. You know, I was going to make some joke and be like I 650 went through my head, 700 went through my head cuz I thought that would be like really funny. These are only things that were new to me, too. So, like, rewatches were not counted. Whew, buddy. But I did a lot of rewatching on top of this. <laughs> wow. You were just really out there, like, doing doing the work for the ratings, for the networks. <laughs> doing the work. You were, you were the person that television is for. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm doing nobody any favors over here. I bet you watched a hundred episodes. I bet I, you're yeah. you're hitting around a hundred there. Probably. I that did watch right. way more I watched more TV this year than I did the two years prior. Yes. I'm so proud. But you know, like not puking constantly and then not also like being up all night with a nursing infant helps a lot, as it turns out. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Things to look forward to. Delightful. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, folks. So anyway, that was 2019. Yeah. Friendship um, wins. Mm-hmm. 
Game of Thrones? Mysterious Wait. men with weird auras. <laughs> yeah. One. Mysteriously. Yep. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I feel good about our nominees. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, stay tuned for a couple, maybe a week or two from now. We're not making any promises. No. For Pilot Palooza 2020. Woo! We've got our shows. We're ready to go. We just have to watch them, and that's the hard part. That's always the trick. <laughs> um, but thank you for listening for another full year. Pilot Palooza you will said be our this was what our our fourth? fourth. Yeah, that's crazy, y'all. So we've been doing this is three full years of podcasts. <clears throat> so thank you all for putting up with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if That's you'd like to celebrate our three-year podcast anniversary, you should for sure leave us a rating, review, whatever you want to do on whatever platform you're listening on. It would be very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can also find all of our websites and stuff. Yeah. Those are things like Twitter, where we are <laughs> at Hey Watch With Us, or... <laughs> HeyWatchThis.com, which is a website. Um, also, there's Boy. an email address, HeyWatchThis yep. at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, and we have some friends. Those are over at the Thought Bubble Audio Network. And they, sure they have are. shows um, where they do podcasts and talk about things. Um, you can find them at Thought Bubble Audio FM on Twitter. And thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Kirstie's feeling confident. <laughs> thoughtbubbleaudio at gmail.com. And also use your search function on Patreon. Yeah. Type in thoughtbubbleaudio and find them over there. And donate some money to keep these great, great, silly, silly little shows that we all do going. Yeah. And I want to shout out to... Loud Women, in particular, one of their shows that I believe is ramping back up for the new season of Shrill. So if you like that, you should check them out. Yeah, that's television for nice people, for sure. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm a wreck. I have an extremely potent G&T, so. Oh, me too. Good luck to us. I used that blueberry gin that you Ooh, got yum. Me. Yum. And I, I wish I had a backup whiskey, even though the only whiskey I have is Knob Creek. Mm. I'm already, like, halfway through my G&T, and it doesn't feel sustainable. That's not good. But, and since I don't have a kitchen down here anymore, I don't have, like, backup liquor. Oh, I don't have an extra kitchen in my house. God forbid.